From the creators of Circles of Faith, this is Slices of Life, where friends grow faith, enhance life, and build community together. Thanks for joining us for part two of the episode on biblical mentoring. In part one, we talked with author Elisa Pulliam about her books, Meet the New You and Impact Together. We discussed why everyone calls her Lisa, mentoring myths, and the ways we can cross the generational gap. If you missed that episode, we highly recommend you go back and listen. In today's episode, we talk about how simple mentoring relationships can be, recognizing mentoring opportunities, and how to be intentional and engaging with them. The conversation has already started, so let's jump right in. This overflow concept. Mm-hmm. What, what has God filled us up with that we, right. in the natural doings of our life, impact the next generation with? and. Mm-hmm. And maybe I see that so clearly because when we were at the boarding school, I always had babysitters that would come and do laundry for free at our house and get out of the dorm, but watch our kiddos while we went out on a date night. Works for me. Mm-hmm. It was a great, it was a great <laughs> setup. But I always looked for girls that either were rough around the edges that I could kind of speak life into or who would be a really good influence on my kids. Sometimes that was one and the same. Sometimes that wasn't. Mm-hmm. And um, these two particular girls we had for four years in a row, and I would always make a point with with my husband, Stephen, to get home with enough time to have like a half hour to an hour conversation with these girls before they had to be back in the dorm. Mm. And it was just oftentimes like me saying, hey, you know, how's your life going? What happened this week? What's going on with that guy? What's going on with, you know, your college selection choice? Just asking them questions, but guarding against telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. because I didn't want to be responsible for the decisions that they make. I want them to be responsible. Mm-hmm. And, and it, uh, yeah. And at the same time, also just being very vulnerable and sharing my life. And so sometimes that would look like I'm really having this trouble with Leah this week. What are your thoughts on it based on what you see from interacting with her or uh, what, you know, yeah, you know, I really messed up. I totally blew it, blah, 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 and tell them and and then give them the God aha part of the story too, not just Mm -hmm. the mess, but the redemptive Mm -hmm. part. Mm -hmm. And we developed a relationship one hour a week for four years. Uh, And what happened was they were really speaking into the life of my children Mm -hmm. because they were getting the hour before bedtime hanging out with them. And, And I noticed over the years they started um, if I if I dropped a seed of uh, concern into their laps about my kiddos, they would start to pull out that part of the conversation, and so there was this circle. Oh, so nice circle, the circle mm. of mentoring that was mm. happening. Wonderful, wonderful. In the normal part of our life. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering, did you set out to do that, or is that something that you see when you look back? See it so clearly when I look back, but I'd say. I've always been a person that looks for an opportunity to invest. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's I, a really important part of, I think, mentoring. Yeah. Because it's yeah. the giving part as opposed to the, I love what you were talking about in terms of when we mentor out of a need to fill in ourselves. Well, that is a great recipe for having a mentoring relationship fall apart, I would think, because yes. the second that person doesn't meet my need, I'm disappointed and I'm going to walk away, you know, mm-hmm. forget mm-hmm. that. Um, so I think it's a really important uh, mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we need to know our nature. Like if we're a person that likes structure and predictability and accountability, then 
having that conversation with a mentor or a mentee, like, can we meet from November through May once a month mm -hmm. and setting forth very clear expectations sets that relationship up for perseverance and departure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which we really need. Good. I like that. We really need if there, if there's an intentional pursuit, if it's just a person that we're doing life with normally, then making that extra time at the end of church to connect with that person and ask them how they're doing mm. may, may fit the personality better. Yeah. Like, again, you said grace. I've said grace. I really think grace, 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 grace. Grace is, you know, being able to say, these are my limits. This is this person's limits. This is my tendency. This is this person's tendency. How do we find a common denominator? I think that's really important, too. When you guys were both talking about grace, I was thinking, too, um, and maybe this has to do with that pride target. There's a sense of um, I'm right and you're wrong, you mm -hmm. know? It's like, I mean, I think, Kimberly, you using that ex uh, example of marriage, absolutely, especially earlier on, there is this sort of, well, I'm right, and this is the right way to do it, and, and you're just doing it wrong. And so, you know, how are you ever going to meet if you keep thinking that way, you're not, um, because the judgment's already been passed. Um, so if it, it's instead, again, Kimberly, use the example of, well, I'm this way and you're that way. So we're probably going to think of this differently. How do we come together? It's just, it's really, really important, really eyes open, really intentional stuff, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's good. It's really important for any relationship. Okay. So Lisa, you've been fortunate to be a part of the boarding school and mentor relationships kind of happen naturally. I mean, I definitely think that you had to see the opportunity and be willing to take some steps to invest in those girls. Um, and now you're involved in a one-to-one -one mentoring program, but you, you did make the shift from being in a bubble, this all-inclusive environment where mm -hmm. you could mentor these girls. And then you moved out of that environment into a suburban community. So your opportunities to mentor have been different. So for the, for most people who are also in that kind of environment, how would you suggest that they get started or how would you suggest that they kind of take some first steps into mentoring and where, where would they find these relationships? I'm so glad you asked. And I think sometimes that's why God moved us was so that I would <laughs> see it from, uh, the, the real world as opposed to my bubble world. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have been so grateful that God has given me the mindset to see it. So, for example, there's this, um, I joined Bible study right out of the get-go. We found mm -hmm. a church. I jumped into Bible study. I didn't feel like I was making a lifelong commitment to this church or this Bible study, but I knew I can't get in relationships with anybody sitting at home. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and that was the place that I chose to plug into. Uh, the Bible study that I was uh, placed in was pretty diverse in age. Uh, the youngest was in their 20s with small babies, and then the oldest is a uh, grandmother with grown children, you know, having grandchildren. And um, really, one way that I kind of um, approached those relationships as we got to know each other, if we brought up a certain topic in Bible study, I would sometimes actually call on a particular woman in the group, like say Eileen, and, and say, well, Eileen, you've walked this road before. What could you tell us that we're not seeing right now? Hmm. And interestingly enough, like I wasn't the leader of the group, but, but I took that 
because I felt like I needed to know what Eileen had to say, and so did everyone else sitting next to me. Yeah, even if they didn't know, they needed to know it. Even if they didn't know. And so then Eileen said to me after that one session, she's like, thank you for asking me that question. Like, I gave her a place at the table, I think. Mm -hmm. And and then I said, well, I really want to hear more from you. And she goes, well, I'd love to connect with you outside of Bible study. And I said, okay, will you come over? And, And... you might think, I've met with her every week since. She came over one time. We had coffee that lasted two and a half, three hours. She brought me books that I have since read. Mm. She opened my mind up to the concept of the kindness of God. And that was one interaction with her that I feel like, boom, mentoring moment. It existed. Mm. It changed me. And I would I love to see her again? Yes, but she doesn't go to our church. We're not in the same Bible study group together. I'm already spread a bazillion different ways with four tween and teenage kids. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have time in my life to nurture that relationship, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. That's a good point to make. Yeah. And on the flip side of it, there was a woman that was much younger um, than me in the study, and she was struggling with something, and she messaged me on Facebook and said, can I talk to you about this? And I mm-hmm. said, sure. How about I come over? figure it was easier for her with the ages of her kids for me to show up at her house than mm-hmm. meet out for coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, don't clean, leave the place as is. I'll just drop in. Yeah. And, and we, we talked for two hours. Did we ever meet again after that? No. Did I hope to? Yes. Um, but there was intimacy developed from that time that we spent together. And so every time we see each other, huge hugs, Really close conversations. Uh, God has put her on my heart a bazillion times. We were on a retreat together, and I knew of a struggle that she was going through that she hadn't told anyone because the Lord impressed it on my heart. Mm. And I went up to her, and I said, has something happened? And she broke down, confessed to me about that happening, and then I've been intentional about following up with her by text message or Facebook message ever since. And she's continued to face that struggle and has continued to reach out to me. And I, I definitely would say I feel like I'm serving in a mentoring role because I'm older, I'm following the Lord, I'm praying for her, and I'm looking for ways to encourage her, even if that in my limitations are a text message. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. That's so good. That, I don't know if that... And so I think it's very yeah, realistic no, that awesome. I, I don't have any more examples than that in 12 months. Mm-hmm. That's it. I, I think that's a really good um, point because I think when you th- when we could get overwhelmed by the idea of developing a mentoring relationship. And um, again, I love the you know accepting who we are and where we are and what our what our time and space is like and how can we best. Um, offer ourselves or how can we watch for that opportunity or um, how can it sort of happen naturally because of really some of the relationships we're already in. Um, yeah, it's interesting because it, my tendency is to be like, oh, you know, I, I, I want to be available once a week. And then just like you said, does it go on forever? And what are the parameters? Otherwise, I'm afraid that I won't have the time for it and I'll fail. I won't do a good job with it. So I will tell you, one of the things that I do as a mentor person is 
work with MOPs, mothers of preschoolers. Yes. I'm a, a mentor mom. And um, just kind of a, an idea for one of the ways that we can plug in as for me, I'm 58 years old. I'm, you know, I've raised my four girls and um, definitely am on this side of mothering. And um, that's something I can offer. And there's parameters, which are, yes. which are comfortable for me. And yeah, so. That's a great example. I think I spent a lot of time wishing somebody mentored me and missing opportunities to mentor others. Mm-hmm. I think two two years back at Illum, I listened to Annie Down speak, and I was just overwhelmed. And she was talking about investing in the next generation, and I was just overwhelmed <laughs> with the idea of mentoring the next generation and just kind of my, my heart broken tears came to my eyes because I wanted to be able to do that and how am I supposed to do that and what God showed me was that I was already doing it Mm. Um, and I was doing it through the relationships that I was creating with my daughters because my son is young younger now he's getting old enough to kind of invest in his friends a little bit more but my daughter specifically because I was helping my daughter host a cooking club and I was helping my daughter host a book club and Annie used um, actually an example of cooking. And so of course it was like, you know, neon neon sign. Oh wait, I'm already, I'm already doing this mentoring thing. And it was the beginning of my journey to see that I indeed love to impact others, intentionally impact the generation. And the way I met Lisa was that I went up to her last year at a loom and was like, okay, so I'm doing this like mentoring thing, but I really don't know what to do. And I know you have resources and I know like, you know, because I wanted to start getting intentional about it. So mm-hmm. every time that I'm with these girls and I'm cooking with them and establishing a relationship with them and every time I'm driving the carpool or every time we host a book club, mm-hmm. those are opportunities. And I'm really have shifted my perspective to see that those are great places for me to build relationship and to be there for them. Mm-hmm. But I think that I did spend a lot of time feeling sorry for myself. And so then I couldn't see them. Yes. And so I'm glad I'm, I'm, mm. I mean, I, I can't even tell you, I'm so looking now that it's September again, kind of those little like groups are starting up again. So yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled. I can't wait for cooking club, you know? Right. right. Yeah. And I've had people be like, Oh my gosh, I could totally never do that. You have six teenagers in your home cooking. Isn't it a mess? Isn't it? I'm like, it's awesome. Like it's I'm awesome. really looking forward. And then we sit down at the table and we talk and I listen to them talk about whatever's going on with them. And I would like this year to just incorporate, like throw some questions out there, get a conversation going and maybe a different direction that might come naturally to them not unnatural but like let's stop talking about snapchat and like what's your you know toughest toughest subject or what's your favorite subject or what did you discover about yourself last last year and what you liked or whatever just start the conversation going in really meaningful ways without it feeling like school or work or Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. well there again that's the um you know the idea that you really can do this and be you Mm -hmm. (laughs) you don't have to be somebody else to be a mentor. You can, yes. you can use what you love and what you're passionate about. I love that. That's a big, deep breath mm-hmm. to me. You so know? it's so good that you said that because when we, when we moved, I thought I'm never going to be able to mentor girls again. <laughs> Cause besides my own girls, I, you know, I was in the middle of like teenage girl Mecca and now I'm like mm-hmm. middle of suburbia and how do I get plugged in? I didn't feel like youth group was the place for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, but it just didn't feel right. And, and I really wanted to invest in my 
My youngest daughter's 11. She's seen what the older girls have gotten. I kind of wanted to reproduce that for her, but how, why? Well, the Lord, in only the way that he could do, put it on the heart with, of one of the moms of the um, sixth graders, fifth grade parents, to host a girls' gathering. And she and I connected, and so she knew what I had done with the girls back at the boarding school. And I hosted a weekly or monthly gathering called ETC for mm-hmm. evening tea and chat. I've changed it to everything tea and chat, so you can do it anytime you want. Um, and we, she said, would you lead the discussion? And so I said, I'd, I'd love to. So here I am in the middle of last spring on a Saturday afternoon surrounded by, I don't know, 15 fifth grade girls, including my daughter, mm-hmm. talking about kindness and talking about um, how to pursue God intentionally and using the format that we had used, you know, I'd used previously with older girls. And I thought, oh, the Lord opened a door mm-hmm. and I didn't host it. I didn't organize it. I just showed up and mm. used what he had already given me I love it. to use. And and it's interesting. I have to share this other part of it. So we kind of thought that it would continue in the same direction this year. But God has put it on the heart of another mom to host it um, with a different format, using a different book, in a different way. And the dates that she's picked, I'm not available to go to. And I'm like, okay, so that is changing and God knows it's changing. And now there's an opportunity for this other woman to speak into this, these girls' lives. But meanwhile, when I see these girls that I got to know on campus, they come running up to me. They hug me. There's a, there's a connection point, And I think, okay, Lord, you built a relationship. You just show me how to join you in your work in speaking into their lives over the next six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to let go of my big ideas. I'm mm-hmm. going to let go of my plan. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, my mindset is built off of Henry Blackaby's experiencing God. Mm-hmm. I will say, did you guys ever do that? No, but I've oh. heard about it. I've, I did it three times as though, you know. I think so it's even on my shelf. I <laughs> couldn't get in once, but I did it uh, personally. I did it with a group of women and I did it in our couple's Bible study. He talks about stop asking God what your will is and start asking him to show you where his work is so that you can join him in it. Mm-hmm. And, and literally every day for the last decade, my morning quiet time is, God, thank you for this day. Show me your work that I may join you in it. And sometimes it doesn't go the way I would like it to go. And sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes we have little fights over <laughs> yeah. what that's going to look like. Um, but I really think... That prayer has changed what I look for. Mm, love it. Yeah. That's good. And for somebody with ideas, ideas, as we were talking about earlier, so many ideas, that's a hard thing to let go of. Oh. You've got your ideas about what it looks like. Um, I really appreciate how you describe um, letting go of ETC, for example. It's like, okay, all right, hands open, Lord. Mm-hmm show me the other thing, show me the other ways that I can do what are my heartbeat. I love it. Yeah. It's really, really important and really speaking to me, I know. Right. And I think, as you just said that, the Lord just dropped a thought in my mind. You know, I spent all those years working with teenagers, but all the time I'd always look at their questions and I always look at their hearts and think, It's the moms in their lives that need to speak into this next generation. It's the women 
who are the aunts and the grandmothers and the Sunday school teachers and the dance teachers. And these, the women, these women need to be equipped to speak into the life of these, this next generation. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I have access to this generation. So that's where God had me. And I, I don't know if you guys see this, like I'm seeing it. Boom. I'm now speaking into the lives of the women at the church God has placed us at, equipping them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, of course I'm not going to be doing ETC while I'm doing this other thing because how could I possibly do it all? I can't. Right. And mm-hmm. I right. don't want to right. even try. Right. Yeah. Right. So seasons, I think he, he moves mm-hmm. us in seasons and we need to just go with them. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned earlier briefly about being mentored and mentoring someone else, how, you know, I have often thought of it as one or the other, that I need to wear one hat, mm. but there are people in my life that can mentor me and then I in turn can mentor someone else. Absolutely. Yeah. And then that's kind of, I mean, it makes sense that that's possible, but to think in terms of how God wishes to work in my life, it's not just in one way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm open to seeking counsel from other people, mm-hmm. I'm also pouring into other people's lives and to constantly yeah. think of that as a continual mm. you know, flow. flow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also it speaks to what Lisa was saying about that overflow. You know, mm-hmm. when you're fed, mm-hmm. then that overflow can go on to somebody else. And um, I think that's, that's awesome. Love that. So <laughs> I have, um, I don't know if you can speak to this, Lisa. I think one of the things that has prevented me and even still prevents me, if I'm completely honest, with mentoring young moms is that I still hold on to the fact that no one mentored me through that process and what's so possibly hard that you couldn't get through it because I've gotten through it. I was reading, um, when I read the book Desperate, which was Sarah May and and Sally Clarkson, um, I was like, oh, nice for you, but no one was there for me. So what am I supposed to do for this next group of moms? You know, my husband worked, you know, 60 hours a week for the first nine years of my daughter's life. Like I had three kids under the age of five. Nobody ever helped me put anybody to bed. Like, (laughs) are you looking for sympathy? (laughs) It's a horrible, horrible reaction, but I know. Welcome to my world. Like there is a, there's a tendency. So where I am more open to mentor, maybe the teenage daughters, I see younger moms and I'm like, Mm, yeah. So I know that we can, there's ways to overcome that. So maybe you could speak a little bit to that. Oh, I just think the honesty is such a great place for us to be and say there is kind of a suck it up mentality that we all go through. I think every generation mm-hmm. looks at the generation below and, and kind of has some of that like, yeah. oh, man up. Like, come on, ladies, put on <laughs> big girl panties, whatever the expression yeah. of the day is. <laughs> that, you know, we can be very flippant about that. And, and our personalities then also influences how we're going to respond. And I I, I think, you know, it kind of goes back to that golden rule of treat others the way we want to be treated. And so mm-hmm. you, that, that trigger is hurt. Mm-hmm. That trigger is uh, guilt and regret and, and pain. And mm-hmm. what are we supposed to do with our pain? I think confess our sins one to another and you shall be healed. I think confess our hurt one to another. Mm-hmm. There's healing in that. I think when we see that overflow hurt. Lord, 
Help me. Mm. Help me not see that in her, but want to help her. Yeah. And and who better to help than knowing exactly what would have been helpful at that time. And yet I think, if I can also say this, I think a shutdown is our tendency to give advice and to give blanket statements of promise that in the throes of it doesn't feel very promising. Mm -hmm. Like I'll give you an example. Lisa and I were talking at one point um, uh, earlier about, and I was sharing how my kids are going in a hundred different directions and fixing dinner and navigating schedules is so hard. And Elise said, I remember when I was in that stage too, it was, I, you know, you were sharing about how you were totally overwhelmed. Mm. That was a helpful comment to me because it gave um, context to this now being a stage mm. and being overwhelmed is not wrong. Mm. Mm. But if she continued what she was saying and said to me, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Just push through. That would have made me angry. Because- Just put together a meal plan and get online. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Advice in that moment. Don't give me advice because I'm already trying to process where I'm at. Yeah. So that's where my life coaching training kind of kicks in. And I think ask a question. Mm. Like a question, yeah. an open-ended question along the lines of, okay, so you're totally overwhelmed. Tell me. What can I do to help you? Mm-hmm. What can I do to encourage you? Mm. Uh, have, what would you like to brainstorm ways to deal with this feeling of being overwhelmed? Or are you just, do you just need to vent? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And rather than moving into these, well, enjoy it while you got it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so tempting sometimes. So tempting sometimes. I think the only time we should say enjoy it is when something is actually enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're getting a cute little snuggle from a baby, oh, savor it. Mm-hmm. Yes, because that's a positive. Yeah. When that kid is having a total temper tantrum and you say, don't worry about it, they'll grow out of it. Not so helpful. No. <laughs> right? No. Right. 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 It's really, you're, you're giving me good advice as a grandma now too, (laughs) um, without giving me advice just by sharing. So yeah, yeah. it's because again, I, I I totally relate to that sort of feeling. Kimberly, when you started telling us, when you started your confession, I was kind of thinking, oh gee, (laughs) I'm glad I don't think that way. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I so do. (laughs) There's certain things that, um, I confess, I hear young moms say, and I kind of go, oh, come on, really? You know, whatever. Um, my circumstance was this, mm-hmm. and you didn't have to deal with that. It's just so wrong. Yeah. So thank you for being honest, Kimberly, so I can be honest, too. Yes. Yes. All <laughs> honesty is a good thing. <laughs> it is. It is. It really is. And I think that's probably to take a moment when you're in a position to speak into somebody's life to um, – get honest with ourselves is, is probably a good moment to, mm-hmm. you know, to just kind of stop. And as you said, Lisa, think about that, com- that feeling that I'm having, that reaction, that even knee-jerk reaction is coming from a place of hurt mm-hmm. and a place where I felt I wasn't getting what I needed. And so how can I heal from that and, and turn that around? Love it. Really good. One of the things you said um, in your book, Lisa, that um, some people don't mentor because they feel like their struggles disqualify them from 
-hmm. mentoring because they don't have everything perfect or all together when in fact it's their experience and their story and their healing there needs to be healing that takes place that you've kind of moved a little bit beyond that you can then help other people and Mm -hmm. it's your story that helps other people not your advice right right Right. I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's the testimony of a woman that's healed and redeemed. You know, Mm -hmm. their story has been redeemed by God that makes such a powerful difference in somebody else's life. And I, you know, there, there's some, um, I don't know how to, what you would call it, but like a mindset that, um, your message is in your mess or that your mess is your message. And I really kind of resist against that. And I feel like no, your message is what God has done to redeem your mess. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if that if that has not been redeemed, if you have not gone through a healing process in which you can speak out of a place of kindness, grace, humility, mercy, forgiveness, if you're still bitter, angry, hurt, um, trying to lick your own wounds and, and make yourself feel better, I don't think you're in a place to mentor yet. Or mm-hmm. maybe even tell your story yet. There, mm-hmm. there are seasons, and and I don't think healing is a. It doesn't have. Um, it's not tidy, right? Like you can't just say. You know, people say it takes a year to grieve. Yes, it takes a year to get through, uh, get to your new normal. Mm-hmm. But but it could take you five years to grieve. Mm-hmm. It could take you six months to grieve. Like it depends upon what it is, and so. I often say to women, if you're not sure if you should be mentoring, ask yourself this question. Am I going through a a life change or trial that consumes me right now, such as a separation, a divorce, the departure of a a child into a new season of life in which they need to be launched into a major job change um, uh, or a health crisis? And a lot of those things are out of our control and they need space and margin and time. Mm. And so I think those are your free passes to not mentor at that moment. Mm -hmm. You just need to get off the guilt and just say, this is not my season for doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's an old wound, such as abuse, or if there's an addiction involved, um, if there has been some death in the family currently or previously that you've just not been able to move through, uh, I think go to counseling and have that counselor sign off on you. Say, listen, I, I want to know that I'm in a, an emotionally and spiritually healthy place so that I can pour into others. And I'm not really sure if I'm there. Can we have a couple of sessions? Mm-hmm. And you might uncover that you need a year. <laughs> or you might uncover that counselor may say, I think you're in a good place. And then go for it with holy boldness. Mm-hmm. And, and not allow what you've been through to define your value. Yeah. And so often I think the healing that takes place, yes, it's for us, but it's also about other people. Yeah. It's yeah. not just so we can feel better. It's so oh, that yeah. God can use us to help others. That wonderful scripture. We've been given the comfort so that we yes. can give others comfort. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think, I think God can work apart from counseling. I just want to say that. Mm-hmm. And I think that mm-hmm. if we can still and quiet ourselves and spend time in the Word and ask Him to speak to our hearts, He will. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, I've had lots of people tell me lately, but how do you know it's God? 
And so I think that's a good question because yeah. our hearts are wickedly deceitful and we could, it could be our own voice. Deceive ourselves. Hearing, deceive ourselves. So I say, well, we'll sit there, write it, hear it, and then ask yourself the question, is this consistent with the character of God? Is this consistent with biblical truth? Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, take it to somebody who is wise and in, in not a scholar, but understands depth of scripture, steeped mm-hmm. in scripture, mm-hmm. and say, "Do you hear what I hear?" Mm-hmm. And, and I, in in all the years where I feel like God has spoken to me, it's never been in terms of um, I'm buying you a, a house that's a million dollars. Like there's <laughs> there's this property that my daughter and I want that's 1.5 million dollars that our entire dream for hospitality could exist. I have never heard God say to me. That's for you. I suppose it's possible, but it just hasn't happened for <laughs> No. What I hear him saying is, submit your dream to me. Yeah. yeah. Wait on me. Uh, I need to deal with your heart first before you can enter into that season of serving. Like, mm-hmm. he, he, I always hear from God in terms of my character. Usually, yeah. it's kind of like, cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll hear him in plain and simple terms. And so I think that he, back to that, should we go to counseling or should we just pursue God? I think we should always pursue God. It's not a just, it's always. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a speak truth to me, Lord. Like, Kim, I think going back to God and saying, all right, it's obvious that I've got this hurt from not having people in my life nurture me the way I needed. Mm-hmm. What can you tell me about that time in my life, Lord, that I can reframe this and think of it from a place of healing rather than a place of hurt? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he won't, he won't rewrite the story, but maybe he'll give you a new perspective of what he was doing in you during that time and how he wants to use it now. Mm, that's good. Yeah. 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 Um, I could continue to talk about this topic forever. This is so great. Um, Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today and remind us where we can find you and how we can get some of the resources that we talked about today. They will be in the show notes, but go ahead and let our listeners know. Sure. Uh, I'd say the first stop would be more to be.com M O R E T O B E. And that stands for more bright, more beautiful, more like Jesus. Uh, so all the mentoring resources are there, information about evening, tea and chat, ETC, uh, the Impact Together book are there. Um, you can find Meet the New You wherever books are sold. So that would be that stop. And then my life coaching uh, services happen both at More to Be and also I'm in the process of launching a new business called the Kaleo Agency. And that's K-A-L-E-O. A G E N C Y dot net. <laughs> I had to think about how to spell that for a second. And so, um, life coaching is there's a bunch of packages that are available there for life coaching. Mm-hmm. Oh, excellent. And Elise, remind us where we can find you as well. Well, first, I want to say also, um, Lisa, it's been a, such a pleasure to hear about all the things that you're up to. And I know I'm getting those books, so that's exciting. And yes, you can find me pretty much anywhere at elisedailyparker.com and um, on Facebook, same thing, Elise Daily Parker. Um, also on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Same. 
And you can find me at KimberlyAmici.com. I'm on Instagram and Twitter as Kimberly Amici, and my Facebook is Living in the Sweet Spot. You can find Slices of Life on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as Circles of Faith. If you subscribe to our newsletter at circlesoffaith.org, you'll get the show notes, resources, and bonus episodes delivered right to your inbox. And if you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss an episode. 